Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luan, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning as we read your word, as we preach your word, teaches us in the book of Matthew 9, that Lord, we should preach and teach and heal. We pray that Lord, your word will, will heal us, your word will restore us. I pray for each and every person who doubted their place, that Lord, may you affirm and confirm us. May we find joy in serving in the house of the Lord. We thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again. We are going to share together from the scriptures. This month we are teaching on self-control. Can you say self-control? We are teaching uh, on a subject of self-control. And our subtopic for this Sunday is the tragedy of those who live. The tragedy of those who live. Or tragedies of those who live. What is a tragedy? A tragedy is an event that causes great suffering, destruction, and distress. So we are talking about God places people in families. The book of uh, Psalm 68. Can we go there? The Bible says God, verse 6, please. It says God places the desolate in families. It says God seated the solitary in families. He brings forth out those which are bound with chains by the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So the word of the Lord gives us that understanding. There are things that we do in life that causes us to dispossess, cause pain and destruction in our own life. When rebellion uh, or movement in our hearts of dissent starts, sometimes we do not even see because we think we are doing the right and the proper thing to do. But tragedy is an event that causes great pain that causes uh, great suffering, that causes destruction, and it causes distress. And it's uh, Psalm 68, verse 6 says there, He makes people to stay in families. He brings forth those that are bound, those who were in chains. He brings them, He sets them free. But those that are rebellious, they dwell in the dry land. There are a lot of Christians who are in churches, but they are dry and they are dying. They are always moving from one church to the other with the hope that somebody will revive them. I always, when I speak to the visitors, first-time visitors, I always say to them, the difference between myself, the day I went to church, the day I was invited, I sat in church suspicious like any other because they were doing things that the church I came from were not doing those things. And as I sat there, I, I never left. And so I always say to people, in my 36 years plus of being born again a Christian, all the people, my pastor, who pastored me, we still have a very good relationship with him. Our relationship is strong and it's very solid because when, when, I, was, uh, when I was received in the church, I never left. Can you tell your neighbor, I never left. So you have to understand that my progress and my success and for me to be anchored and to be where I am, it has been a journey of a decision to stay amidst offenses, amidst difficult 
oppressive measures at some stages I grew up. That's what I thought. But today, because I'm grown, I look back and I realize when my father disciplined me, it's not because he hated me, but it's because he wanted to correct the behavior that was not good. So, but there are people that when I went to church, they came together with me, but they are nowhere where I am. I remember when we were sent, you know, we were prayed for, uh, when Emmanuel Christian Church came, uh, when we came to plant the Emmanuel Christian Church here, we were sent. I had another brother in the church who was my disciple. I was counseling him, very powerful, extremely charismatic. And he says, I'm leaving as well. And I told him, you don't leave. You don't leave. I never left. I can go back. My chair is still there. If I arrive, I'll sit on my chair. Nobody will remove me. Because I never left. Even though I'm not there, I'm present. If we had the time, David had the chair in the table of Solomon, of Saul. When he was not there, his chair, nobody could sit on it. But there is a tragedy in the church that people are, are moving around with the hope that things will change. The more they became dry, and the more they died. That's what the Bible says. The rebellious dwell in the dry land because offense is always there. Can you tell your neighbor, offense is always there? Listen, every time you come through the door, there is an offense. At your job, at your workplace, there is always an offense. There is something somebody is going to say that will want to unsettle you to create a space. I'm not wanted. I'm not appreciated here. I'm going to tell somebody. One of the greatest tragedies that I've observed is the tragedy of people destroying their own lives by leaving what God has given to them that they should never have left. I've seen somebody who was married because of a little thing, they abandoned their marriage and they say, I want divorce. To them, they are thinking they are doing something good for themselves. But in a long time, with hindsight, I was talking to one of our, uh, our, our, our persons in the church. After I was teaching on a subject of marriage, she said to me, have I, have, I, have I known I will not have divorced? You see, when, when, when she divorced, it was good. But now with hindsight, she looks back and she realizes, yes, I had problems, but they were not up to the level that I should have taken the decision I'm taking. You see, you get clouded in your head. You get clouded in your head to think this is big. But when you are off the scene and time has allowed you, you start to realize, I lack wisdom. I lack counsel. No matter somebody. So there is, there is that pain, the tragedy of living. Much pain and suffering is released when one person moves out of his, his position or his place. We'll talk deeply about that. Jesus told us a story, a very painful, tragic story of a man who had two sons. Both of them, they were raised by the same man. Both of them grew in the same house. Both of them experienced the same love of the father. Among the many children you have, you will see the day you become a parent. Children always want to find out, do you love me? And every time you have to say, yes, I love you. And they say, oh, do you love me? And sometimes my children, they will ask, do you love, who do you love the most? 
Can you ask your neighbor, what do you love the most? That's the struggle of our time. Every person is asking that question. Children are saying, my father doesn't love me. They are saying, my mother doesn't love me. And so, in response to the feeling they have, they abandon their parents. But that doesn't solve the problem because the void is never filled by living. Have you left but your heart never left? Yeah, somebody says, oh, I don't love him. Can, can I tell you a story? <laughs> it's a true story. Somebody has been married for many years. We married almost the same, same years. After so many years, they divorced. Almost 10 years ago, they divorced. Parted ways. The woman, when she met my wife, says, My heart is broken. Every time this man I hear, he's at the shop, spare or whatever, he's having lunch with a girl. Even if, even if, even if there's no relationship, just the fact that he's working with another girl. He says, I break a million times. I don't know if you understand. I break up many times. Million pieces. I cannot be gathered again. Because even though she's the one who initiated the divorce, I'm leaving. I'm going. I will show you. Her heart never left. Her heart never what? Never left. So, sometimes it's not the living that solves the problem. Because if the living was solving the problem, life would be easy. Yes, life will be easy. Problems will be solved. Schizophrenic behavior will be destroyed. You live and you, you start to develop other complex depressions. Because you are misplaced. You are in a place you are not supposed to be. No matter somebody. Hallelujah. Can you tell your neighbor, offense is at the door. You will be a perfect being if, if they never get offended. Oh, you'll be the most perfect being. Do you know how many people you offend yourself? Look at how you are dressed. The way you are dressed, somebody's offended. Oh, you don't know. There are people who don't like your hairstyle. Oh, you are coming to sing. While you are singing, somebody's looking at you and saying, a singer is not supposed to dress that way. You are an usher. You are pushing people over. Please sit here. People are getting offended. They don't want to sit where you are saying they should sit. You can ask those who are sitting. They'll tell you. I, I, I don't want to sit here. The, the offense, the offense is already there. Now, now think about it. You have children who are asking, do you love me? And every day you have them. I love you. And then they come with a funny uh, a question. Among all your children, who do you love the most? I say, all, all of you have a special place in my heart. My response, emotional response that, to somebody else doesn't mean I don't love you. You know emotions? Do you know emotional response? Have you felt so good and you hug somebody? And when you hug them, it's like you will melt and become one. It's like. It's a, it's a transference 
of energy. It happens with every other person. It's just a moment of a time. The fact that I've hugged somebody and you, you notice that that hug was not just an ordinary hug. It went far beyond the meat, you know. It, it went beyond the flesh. It's like the two. Now, when you are sitting on your corner there and I'm coming, you lift up your... You open your arms as well and say, oh, oh, I'm going to get that hug. The emotion is not the same. But it doesn't mean because the other one was hugged or was given a sweet, and it was the last sweet, and you were two. Now you are using it and say, because, the, you, I mean, you had a sweet, so why, if you chose the other person, then I don't, you, know, you don't choose me. Really. Can you feel your neighbor? You are loved. You are needed. You are appreciated. Even if we might not show it. Yes. Even if we don't show it, it is there. The displacement, the challenge with us is the displacement of our feelings and our emotions. Listen, I asked I ask, I ask Esther, Deacon Esther to come advocate Esther one day to speak. I think it was either my 50th, no, it was mine. It was one of my celebrations, either family celebration or my birthday. When she came up, she said, for me, I know for a fact, Muruti loves me. If you were here, it's there on video. For me, I know Muruti loves me. And she started to quote, expressing incidents and events and activities we have done together and we continue to do together. And she said, what? She says, you know, I'm the first one to travel with Muruti overseas. Oh, you think Gladys is the first one to travel? No! Oh, Pastor Mesh, you think Pastor Mesh is the first one to travel? No, Pastor Blair, no. She's my, I took care and travel. says, no, this person, he took me. He paid for my ticket. I flew with him. We spent the whole week together. That's one. And then she spoke about many other events. And when she finished, I saw people looking at each other. <laughs> and you know what they said? If, if really Muruti, if what you are saying is true, then it's true with me. Because somebody says, yeah, this is what I did with Muruti. I traveled with Muruti. We, we did this, we did that, we did it. So I, 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 I don't you get it. He said, oh, Muruti sent me to preach in another church. He couldn't go. He didn't take any of his pastors. And there are many other people who say, hey, me as well, Muruti. So it's not only happening to you, it's happening to all of us, except that we don't know. It's not like, oh, there is an announcement. Oh, we are going to go. Sorry, so let's go. Uh, no, no. Some people have invited, oh, come, let's have dinner in my house. Let's sit and just eat. It goes far beyond. Now, for you, if you are going to look at those things, you will miss your, your special moment. Can you tell your neighbor, offense is at the door? Yes, offense. Offense is always at the door. Don't forget, when somebody you love gets in love, it's not like you are going, there's not going to be anyone who will love you. It's just an elimination of a person who you might not have 
lived well with if, if they married you. Yeah, sometimes girls will be fighting for a boy. And the wrong girl is the one that is proposed. A wrong, a wrong girl is the one that is proposed. Yes. Then you get married. Unfortunately, marriage is for life. I said marriage is for life. Then when you are the other side, you can't come back. It's like the grave, you know. When you die, you can see what other people are doing this side, but you can't participate. Imagine somebody. So the father had two children. They are having a problem. They are enjoying themselves. They are in the presence of their father. The book of Luke 15, verse 11 to 14. It says, a certain man had two sons, and the young of them took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. It's wild. You know wild living? Do you know wild living? It's like your first arrival in Sunnyside. In Acadia. In Pretoria Central. Your first arrival at the university and say, I used to go to church. I'm not going to go to church. Yes. Now is my freedom. Now is my what? Then you, you live a riotous life. In the process of living a riotous life, the truth is, you are destroying your life. Yes. Some of them don't even make six months. The one experience of going to the Shebin, the one experience, the one sexual experience you are going to have is the end. That's it. Your riotous living, literally everything comes down crashing. So these two sons, the Bible says, the young of them went away and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and, to, and he began to be in want. Four things that I want us to talk about. Number one, why it is important never to live, or never to allow your circumstance to make you to leave your place. Number one, the tragedy of a lost position. When you leave, you're going to lose a position. Luke 15, verse 18 and 19. is the, the prodigal son. He comes back to his father. He says, Father, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of thy higher servant. I was, yesterday morning prayer, we were talking about this. I said, you need to understand that when you leave, you, you can't get your place back. You can't do what? You have to understand that there are certain activities that are taking place that when you do those activities, they disown you and dispossess you and create a vacuum. And when, when a space is created, they say the world we live in doesn't allow a vacuum. Somebody comes in and fit in. Hallelujah. So that is the challenge. If you make this mistake, you will be forced to reapply for a lower position. Let me use uh, the example. You know, we have 
I'll use Dr. Tanyani as an example. God forbid. Dr. Tanyani has a 12. He's got a bit of a congregation in the church. For one reason or the other, his seat, it's obvious where he's sitting, even though he's sitting at the back, but he's not at the back. I don't know if you get it. Now, 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 when, when the person leaves, his space immediately moves out. His space, somebody takes it. And then let's say after a year, two years, he decides, I'm coming back. Will he get his place? No, you can't get it. Why? Because it has been occupied. So my, my challenge to you is that most high positions belong to people who have stayed faithful for many years. People who have stayed what? Faithful for many years. Satan's dream is to bring you down, to urge you to leave your God-given position. And that is a, is a demonic desire that wants to disown you so that you have, your, you, you have no place of your own. There is a statement that Bishop Doug makes. He says, as compared to being the head of an end ministry, it's better to be the food. Let's say in Emmanuel Christian Church, you are the food of an elephant. You know an elephant? How big is an elephant? Huge. From the ground, it'll be like this big. The food of an elephant. Hey! It might be 20, uh, 20 no, it's not 20, maybe 80, 100 kilograms. My weight. You know, 80, 100 kilograms, a foot of an elephant. Now you decide, you decide, I want to do my own thing. So you become a, a head of an ant. The one who stayed as a foot of an elephant is still, it's not 10 times, more like a million times bigger than you being by yourself. You are too quiet. So my challenge to you is that do not lose your place to want to be the head of an ant. Because people will say, you know, somebody, one member said, said, I'm leaving. I found my father. I mean, this person has been with me for years. So yesterday I was saying to the leaders, the painful part about now what we are learning is that the person, this person wants to come back. But, but when, when, when they leave, they behave like what they are is nice. But it can't be nice because it's not your family. How do you get it? There is a feeling about family because in the family, I don't have to perform to do anything. If I lazy around in the bed, they'll tell me, hey, you wake up. But it's not like, oh, we will kill you. How do you get it? But when you are in a place that is not your own, when everybody is asleep, you want to prove your worth. You have, you have to work and toil and you get tired. We have what you call burnout. After you have worked so hard, because you are yearning for love, you still don't get the love you are looking for. And when you are at home, even when you have just sweeped the floors, the mother will say, oh, today you did very well, my girl. But because your, your mom always says it, you never appreciate it. Yes. So when people are out and displaced, they have a tendency to want to prove to you that I'm happy. They are lying. 
The prodigal son, when they were asking him, he was taking care of pigs. You know pigs? You know pigs? A job he couldn't do in his old father's house. I think when his relatives, people from his village were seeing him, he said, ha, I'm enjoying myself. But when they turned, he cried, he said, I wish I could go home with you. But he has to go back to the pigsty and live that horrible life. May the Lord have mercy. The, the challenge you have, Adam and Eve, when Satan came, they had a voice of Satan and chose to choose between the voice of God and the voice of Satan. And they chose the voice of a stranger of Satan. And then disputed the word of God. Satan says, has God really said? Is it true? He says, no, God knows the day you eat this thing, you'll be like him. So Adam and Eve look at themselves and they are thinking, hmm, oh, this man, we thought God loves us, but he doesn't want us to be like him. Genesis chapter 1 tells us that God says, let us make men in our own image, in our own life. They were already like God. I don't know if you understand. Yeah, but they, they chose to listen to a voice. I gave an example that there's been an incident where the pastor was accused of sexual immorality. Literally that he slept with the girl. The girl was, they didn't sleep, but the girl was saying, the pastor is pursuing me. The elders have been in church for 10, 20, 30 years with the pastor. And when this girl made the accusation, they agreed with the girl. They attacked the pastor. And then after they, the church is spoiled, I mean, now there is a rioting, you know, people, there is a, 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 a bad thing. You should never do it. If a brother does something wrong to you, don't spread the rumor. You know why? You are sowing a seed in life, the same will happen to you. The Bible says, do not be mocked, do not be deceived. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Does it make sense? The, the challenge of Tabombek, they have come back to repeat themselves. I don't know you get it. When, when Beg was going through difficulty, all of us were folding our hands. Are these not brothers? Are these not same people? Are but the way they spoke, it was like, to hell with you. Now, it's happening again, but this time, it's not ten times, it's thousand times. The same people who were sowing discord, now discord has multiplied. Don't forget, the Bible says some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Can you imagine your problem? You are discussing my problem and yours is coming. Mine, mine is... <laughs> now, when yours manifests, you'll be shocked. You'll be asking, what did I do? No, you sowed some seeds of discord many years past. Now they've come home. Nobody remembers, but you are the only one who will remember. Oh, one, one girl says, you know, I will steal the boyfriend. I'll steal the boyfriend. I'll do what? <laughs> okay, that's fine. She steals the boyfriend and gets married. Happy. What has she sold? Dishonesty. Isn't it? Yeah. 
things are going well. Marriage is going well. The cars, the house, you are enjoying yourself. Your husband seems now to be maturing. Somebody comes and steals the heart of your husband. The same way as you did. Stress. Now, for you, it's worse. By this time, you are losing everything. No house, nothing. You, you get this person, and you are sitting like this, and all of us, we are crying with you, we are praying, Father, in the name of Jesus. That's why we are saying, when we say, come, let's pray and deal with cases, you are saying, I, I'm fine. Then we will be taking stock because now you will come for prayer because you are in trouble. The storm has, the storm, the small whirlwind you sold for somebody has become a storm. My wife was reminding me, I, I, some other time I shared, I said, in Genesis, we read about Satan in chapter 3 as a snake. In Revelation, we read about Satan as a dragon. And I say, now the small snake that you left, you didn't kill. Hey! Has become a monster. Now it's eating you, it's, it's eating your children, it's eating you and everything that you have. No matter somebody. Adam and Eve, they chose to listen to a voice. I mean, I've been your pastor for so many years. Somebody make a one prophetic word. You believe that prophetic word. Oh, you will be great. The Lord will use you. No, we know the Lord is going to use you. We say it every day. Eh? Don't we say it every day? You should say, oh, I know, I know. My pastor tells me daily. I'm, the reason I'm in your church, I'm trying to dodge because they'll be asking me, where is your fruit? Where is your member? So I've come to your church just to relax, to get some fresh air. Now you are telling me you are going to be a great prophet. I know we, we are a family of prophets. But for you, you are thinking, oh, it's a new way, it's a new way, it's a new way. Then you are hooked. Then you yearn for the love. Yeah, you yearn for the love. You people are still in my time. Number two. We said, number one, the tragedy of a lost position. When you lose your position, you can't have it again. When the church I was in, I'm still an elder there. Yeah, even today. It's not that I don't attend meetings. My seat is still there. If I go, I don't need anyone to sit me. I know where I'm going to sit. One day I came, after many years, I went to church. And I sat down in a new Asha. You remember, the, the Bible says, and, and Joseph died, and a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. Yeah, I had an Asha who did not know. So I came, when I said that, she came and whispered in my ear, and says, listen, if the other pastors come, we will move you. I said, let me spare the girl. She must pray, they must not come. Listen, there are people who come to church. My look at Lady P sitting there, men put me sitting there, quite people. Never make the mistake, doctor. Never make the mistake. They are city sure. 
You'll be shocked. So I said, I, I listen. After the meeting, I told the pastor, I said, ah, this, you know, this your member said this to me. She doesn't know that pulpit is built on my bag. What she's enjoying. If I was not there, she would enjoy it. Anyway, you're not getting it. Uh, the tragedy of losing your place. I've not lost my place. Number two. The tragedy of desolation and, po and poverty. When you leave, you lose. Luke 15, 30, 31 to 32. It says, and he said unto, unto his son, Thou art ever with me, that's the elder brother, and all that I have is yours. It was, when, 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 when you look at, at, at the junior brother, he, he left, he comes back. They make a big celebration for him. The big brother, when he comes from the field, he realizes, oh, there is a party. And the father says to the, to the uh, elder son, don't worry. You, all these things belong to you. I wish we had time. Let me, let me teach you something. You see, the fact that you are in church and we have not celebrated you and we have not slaughtered anything, you don't need redemption. The prodigal son, he comes from the fields, wherever he was, he's destroyed. The father dresses him up. The father hugs him to try and say to him, you are still part of us. They have to slaughter an animal for sacrifice for him to be received again in the family. And for everybody to know he's received. But the father tells the elder son, everything is yours. Everything is what? Can you tell your neighbor everything is yours? Yeah. You see, when you come back, you will be received. But you'll have to work as a slave. You can't own anything. Why? Because that which was given to you, you went and wasted it. So when, when those who are in the house, they complain, oh, you never, because when, 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 when some people return, we try and make them feel home. That we love you. So you might think, oh, they are celebrating these people. No, we are not celebrating them. We know they are in a schizophrenic, suicidal tendency. So you don't want them to kill themselves. They must feel that they are loved, appreciated. And we have missed them, which is true. Do you get it? So the father says, all that I have is yours. We are only having a party for your brother. We are only receiving him in the family. But your brother has nothing. You see, when you live with your gifts, with your talent, with what you have, when you come back and you have wasted it, because those that left and thought they had something, wherever they've gone, they've been abused. So sometimes when they come, they are so broken that they are not even sure of the gift and the talent that which they left with when they left. I've seen musicians, they'll play here in the church, and then they meet a pastor on the street. So, oh, Bonke, you can sing. Come and sing in my church. I'll pay you. We don't pay here. I'll pay you. Hey, you go there. 
First month, they give you money. Second month, they give you half. Last month, the pastor lives with another door. I was told that the pastor lives with another door. You wait for him that side, only to find there is another car this side. So I get into Katleho's car and I drive. Katleho comes with my car and you are standing there by the door. He said, I'm waiting. Where is pastor? Pastor is no more. By that time here, you have reached a level where you are supposed to be the MD. I don't know you get it. Now, where you are, you are frustrated. Hey, I can't go. I can't go back home. How will they take me? So you try Huzula Zula. You go to the next one, the next one. Everybody's abusing you, abusing, and ultimately you come back. When you come back, the people who were not even good singers, they are now in charge. And then we, we ask, no, no, join, join the choir, not the second choir. We have the first choir, second choir, third choir. Join the fourth choir. Go to the life class. The same life class you did, go back to the life class because it shows that you never learned from the life class. Go back to the life class. Go and do destiny training again so that we are sure you are going where we are going. Does it make sense? You are now impoverished out of foolishness and greed because you thought you'll be something. You see, when the prodigal son left, he thought he would be something bigger. Yes. I've heard people who will come to church, they will sing for you, and then after they become comfortable, they decide, one, one, one keyboard, you see one of the churches here, he was playing for us. He left. Yeah, another person, a guitarist. So he was writing to me, saying, Pastor, I want to come back to church. I said, we don't pay people. Where you went, they pay people. You are not the son. We have to buy your services. But if you are in the church, you'll, you'll play the drums. If you are not there, I'll play Benjamin. Who can I pay you? Oh, no, I'm staying. They will pay me. There's no pay. You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. We are playing for Jesus. <laughs> are we not playing for Jesus? Are we not singing for Jesus? forgot they say now i'm coming back i think uh, they might write me a check there's no check that we are writing when you came here you didn't know your left from your right we, we taught you this is left this is right this is how you do things yes somebody came to church he says he says they are not giving me a chance to preach i called the person i said come Let's talk about it. Was, uh, Mrs. Uh, Mulom is working for me as my PA. I says, Mrs. Mulom, only 16 cells. You don't have a single cell. You are a pastor. You are in my church. I said, between you and Mrs. Mulom, if I go away, who should I give the mic to preach? Church, let's talk about it. Who should we give the mic? Here's a man who can, he says he's a good teacher. But he has no fruits. Who are we going to give the mic? I says no. I'm qualified. I'm qualified. I've got a degree in theology. We are not interested. 
Hallelujah. We, we, we are looking for your faithfulness. The tragedy of desolation and poverty comes upon our life. Those who live, those who live, is part of, of, of the series that Bishop Dark has written. Number three, the tragedy of wasted relationships. When you live, listen, maybe this one I need to say it clear. When somebody leaves our church, they leave our relationship. I don't know you get it. They lose big time. They lose what? Hallelujah. When you leave your God-given position, you are lifting up the barrier between you and your spiritual father. Most of the time, when people leave, they, they, they are fighting me. They say, oh, no, the church is like this. The pastor is like this. I remember one person who became personally antagonistic towards me. And the person was working close to me. You know, he was doing things for me. And I said to my wife, this person could poison me. I mean, they were so close. If, if she's this offended, this angry, I don't know you get it. Yes. But then what happens is that because of the friends she created in the church, the friends believe her. I know you get it. Your brother says, tells you, our mother, your natural brother or sister, tells you about your mother that your mother is evil. No, our mother is a witch. What do you think? You say, ah, I agree with you. I think she's a witch. <laughs> if your mother is a witch, what are you? No, no, let's talk about it. If, if your father is a wizard, what are you? Huh? If your father is a dog, what are you? Huh? If, if, if your father is an elephant, what are you? The DNA, the same, the same DNA you have because the person is aggrieved. They intend this to say, I want to destroy the church. Take people away from you to leave you naked that, for that you will feel I'm important. Yes, it's foolishness. Tell your neighbor, it's foolishness. May the Lord have, have mercy. The prodigal son, by leaving, he wasted the years of relationship he had with his father. Yes. He has to think, coming home, it was difficult. He had to think, what am I going to say? How, you know, you have to think. Have you ever thought about it when you are supposed to meet somebody else? What am I going to say? Uh, father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. And he realized, hey, it's not good enough. Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven and I no longer deserve to be called your son. I no longer deserve to be called what? Your son. Have you heard the word of the word that a person can be disowned? He disowned himself. When, when you leave and after some time you can't come back, you start to think, 
I better reduce myself so much so that I can be accepted. Because what you have done, you have destroyed the relationship that allowed you to come in and out as you please. But now you can no longer come in and out as you please. My children, they don't have to make an appointment to see me. It doesn't matter how busy I am. Do you get it? They'll just come and say, sorry. Excuse me. Eh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> and then they, 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 they just blare. They just say, I need this and this and this and this. What do you say? And they say, I'm in a meeting. Don't you see? The meeting never comes to, into play. Nobody exists except them and me. It's always the truth. May the Lord have mercy with us. I said, may the Lord have mercy with us. The son says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against your side, and I'm no longer worthy to be called the son. Listen, relationship, when, when you leave relationships, you disown yourself. Yes. Don't be haste to speak. Don't be haste to speak. Your offense, suppress it in your heart. Because everybody here is offended. Everybody. If I start from here, by the time I reach there, all of us will be crying. Yes. The stories that people have are very painful. Yes. The offense is too deep. I'm telling somebody. Jesus gave himself to heal us. The Bible says Christ was offended. He was sold out because of offense. People were offended that Jesus, they betrayed him. Judas, think about Judas. Judas going and saying, what do you think? Judas was offended. The Bible says, so that the scriptures will be fulfilled. But he was offended. Judas was offended. And even yourself, there are things you might do because of offense. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And lastly, the tragedy of a lost inheritance. When, when we leave our place, we lose. There is an inheritance. I am a pastor because I never left. Yes. But 36 years of my, 36 years plus, it's a couple of months now. I'm on my 37 years as a Christian. I never left. I can pick up the phone now and talk to my pastor. If he's not preaching. Because where he is, I'm sure he's on the pulpit as well. I never left. I never what? Never left. I, I only preached once on my pastor's pulpit. Me. Only once. And it was an off meeting. It was what? Off meeting. Do you know what is an off meeting? I'm talking to ushers. The most important people are not there. There's a difference where you are preaching. Do you get it? I was preaching, I was talking to a group of few people as compared to the whole church. If I tell people I preach in the church, they'll tell you, he lied, he's lying, this guy. He has never preached. Because in the, in the small meeting that I was in, 
chances are that they were not there. Yes, I was an elder for years. When, when, when we were buying the land, I was the chairman. It is my signature on the government papers. It is my signature. Yes. I was the Mr. Chairman. I was the fundraising chairman as well. The initial amount of money to start to build. Who raised the money? Who supervised the project? It was me. I don't know you get it. But if I say, people don't know this thing. How many people know that I signed? You know because I said it. I don't know you get it. It's so insignificant. We don't talk about it. We will show when the day they open the building, they even forget you were there. You know, on the magazine, my name was not there. Nothing. I went to the pastor and I said, I don't see myself. <laughs> and you know what was the answer? Maybe God wants to humble you. It's a, it's a divine omission. It's true, you are supposed to be here, but let's take it as a divine omission. In other words, don't be offended. It's, it's God in this thing. For me, I wanted to appear on the magazine. But I have my inheritance because I can transact. I come in and out. Because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm part and I'm a son. Does it make sense? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. Let's close this me me meeting. It says, the eyes, of, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. Elijah had a servant who left his ministry. Elijah, when he was fighting the 400 uh, false prophets, there was a servant who was working for him. When Elijah was praying for the rain after three years, Elijah was praying on a hill. He says to his servant, the servant has no name. He says to the servant, can you go out and check? The servant runs out. I don't see anything. Let's pray. Go, go, go and check again. I don't see anything. Let's pray. And then after some time, says, go again. The servant goes out. I mean, we're talking supernatural. I don't know you get it. The sun is out. Blue sky, nothing. Not even white, white clouds. Then it comes back. Says, I see a cloud like a fist of a man. How big is your fist? Ask that. Ask the sister next to you to make a fist. I mean, you'll be shocked how small. It depends on the size of the hand of the man. He looks at it, he says, he comes back to the prophet and says, Man of God, there is hope. I saw a cloud as the size of a fist of a man. And guess what the man of God says? He says, go and tell the king. Now, how, how do you live? The guy is not mentioned. Did you know? He's not mentioned. One way or the other, along the way, he decided, ah, I saw how they make miracles. I'm going to make my own. Do you remember Paul and Barnabas? They had a very big fist fight. They were fighting. And Barnabas says, let's separate. Let's do what? Take your way, I'll take my way. I have my ministry, you have your ministry. Have you ever heard anything about Barnabas? No, no more, no more. There are certain Lord, Lord. You know, brother Lord. Yeah, brother Lord, brother Lord was in the company 
of Abraham. Now, brother, Lord succeeds and prospers because he's in the right location, in the right space. But when he succeeds, he feels that his, his shepherds are fighting with Abraham's shepherds. He's supposed to tell them, to say, you know what, you must go further. By the way, reject Abraham. This is, this is our, our blessing. No, 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 no. Lord says, then, then Abraham says to him, look out. He lifts up his eyes. He sees all the green sights towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Why do most of us like to be in, on the boundary of Sodom and Gomorrah? Ask your neighbor, why do you like to be on? Today you are, you are, you are at the party. And then tomorrow you are in the church. That's brother Lord. Because when the angels came, when the angels came, where did they find Lord? Did they find him to the place he went? No, he was not there. He was now in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, he was at the church square. They are church square. The church square of Sodom and Gomorrah. Where things are happening at night. He was sitting there waiting. And when he saw these angels coming, he realized these are strangers. Let me take them, go and entertain them. Lord lost his inheritance. At the end, he had nothing. The prodigal son, at the end, he had nothing. Adam and Eve, they entered into a place of provision, abundance. All that God wanted for them was there. But a strange voice, they heard a strange voice. That told them, I will use you. God is telling you a lie. And they believed. God is taking too long. To think this is a fast. I'll be a prophet very soon. So let me go. Let me do what? Listen, you are a son of your father. Even if your father is a drunkard. If you are not careful, you are going to manifest your father very soon. Oh, your father is a womanizer. And you look down on him. It will not shock us when you start to manifest. The DNA that is in you is coded with everything about him. Yeah. The blood that runs into you is your father's blood. Your wildness. The wildness of your father. The same man that you are, you say, I'm disgusted. He never raised me and whatever and whatever. The spirit of abandonment, abandonment might be new. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I see you don't want to hear. Listen, Lot, Lot lost everything because he thought, I'm well off. I always say to you, the fact that you don't have, you are nice. Yes. Your manifestation will come when you are now able to have something and then you will be arguing each and everything that we say in the church. Now, when you are with your friends, say, I don't believe. I was in one church preaching about uh, the things that God has used me for, that I prayed for four people who are dead. Dead, mutually. Two of them, they have done even post-mortem. You know what it's supposed to be? Their guts and whatever, brain, and because I attended one of the post-mortem. They don't return the brain back. They put it in the stomach and zip it. Whatever is left out, they go and burn. These this big chimneys that you see in hospital, they are burning things there. Human flesh, amputated legs, heads, whatever. We burn them there. I went there. I remember one time when I was in the mortuary, this guy didn't want to leave. I was, go, I want to pray. 
and I, I saw I saw the the stitches from here. I forgot that by the way, post motel. And I put my hands there. Father, in the name of Jesus, say we will lay hands on the dead. Possibly say, I know the brain is in the stomach. He's looking at me and say, Speak, I'm listening. The heart, they cut the piece of the heart, they cut the piece of the lung, the piece of the liver, the piece for scientific research to see what really, what is, what caused the death of the person. Was it poisoned? Was it any other disease? I prayed. The person went on Facebook and he talked. He <laughs> I laughed. You see, when you do that, you will never raise anyone dead. Criticize. Listen, I've got miracles that are documented. Files from hospital that are documented. I remember when somebody got healed, I didn't even feel anything. When they came with their file and said, this is, I said, hey, God, I wish I felt, you know, I would be like Ben Hinn and say, I wish I'll be like Ben Hinn and say, I can feel it. Come now, come now. Touch it. Get it. Oh, he comes with a file, says, I'm healed. Here's the file. The doctor have said this. Said, what? I wish as well I will call you. You know, I don't have the boldness to come with the file. Hey, doctor, can you come and explain this, please? Uh, no. Imagine somebody. The tragedy of those who live is that they never live in truth. And because they never live, and because of offense, they always talk bad about the church. When they meet you, if you want to see that people have never left, every time they meet you, they want to talk about our church. But not in good light. Because they are offended. But they have not left. They are like the prodigal son whose eye is always at home. He was saying, I know. Even my father's slaves, they are having food. How did he know? Because he had news coming from home. They are still eating. The father is becoming bigger and greater. One, one, one person who left our church. He says, every time I passed out, I, I, I didn't want to drive any other place. I'll come and drive through Pretorius. He says, one time I came, the building was painted differently. One time I came, I started to see aircons outside on the wall. And he said, I longed to come to church, but I couldn't pride. I couldn't come. I'll drive back park here and stay in the car. I wish I could go in. The tragedy of those who live is that they lose their place. May the Lord restore you in the name of Jesus. When, when the servant who left Elijah, Elijah found Elisha. Elisha is the late comer. But Elisha, when they ask him, stay, he says, no, I will not stay. All the offenses that was given to him, Elisha refused. Amen. He says, I will pursue, I will follow you until you die. What you have, I want. Amen. But you know me, I want twice as much as what you have. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Then lastly, the book of Hebrews 12, 16 to 17. It says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Isu, who for a morsel of food sold his birthright 
for a morsel of food did what? For food, he sold his birthright. And the Bible says, you know, then after what? He cried. He wanted to inherit the blessing. He was rejected for he found no place for repentance. Even though he came back, he came to his father, Father, don't you have another blessing? The father says, I, my blessing is gone. He pleaded, he cried. And the, the father is to give him a blessing that embodied the curse in it. You will serve your brother. Your brother will rule over you until the day you get tired of it. Then it's then that your brother will come off your back. Was not the place his place? Was he not the firstborn? Was he not the one who was privileged? He was. Did he take it serious? No, he didn't. So I want to challenge you today that Christ has died that we may come in. We are given an opportunity to experience God in his fullness and in his power. Let us not be like Isu who became profane. Who looked down on what he had and despised his place and his position. There are people like that. You ask people, can you do this? They despise their place and their position. And later they want to come back and plead. But by that time the Bible says there was no repentance for it. Jacob was the firstborn. The blessing was given. It cannot be withdrawn. Can we bow our heads together? Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to pray for yourself. We are talking about self-control. To be, to subject yourself that in the midst of offense, hurts and pain, I will not leave. I will not allow those outside to manipulate I want to pray together with you this morning. I want to challenge you. The Bible says, issue. He cried for his place. He sold it for a morsel of bread. For convenience. When he heard something, he, he, he went for convenience. He missed his place. And when he came back, he wanted it. He could not have it. Even today, the Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. I want to pray together with you today. If you are here today, say, Pastor, I want to make right with God. I don't want to lose my place in Christ Jesus. The Bible says Christ did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through Christ may be reconciled to God. Today you can be reconciled and find your place in God. Today you can come. It's the day of repentance. It's the day to make right. Your sins can be forgiven. You can make right with God. I want to pray together with you. If you are here, say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to make right with God. I want to be a child of God. Lift up your hand right now and we'll pray together. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to be born again. I want to be a child of God. The Holy Spirit is talking to you. Don't allow this moment to pass you by. I want to make right. I don't want to miss my place. I don't want to be like Isu, who later came back, but the door was closed. He looked for repentance, but the door was closed. He could not have the blessing. It was already given. Is there somebody this morning? Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to be born again. I want my sister to be born again. 
Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Ruate. For more life-transforming messages, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel at Emmanuel Christian Church HOJ.